Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. Today, we're going to have episode 726 of Coach Unplugged. We're going to pull the curtain back a little bit. We're going to do a one-on-one call, one of the many can't even keep track of how many of these I do in a month, um, but I love them. They, I don't really, they're, they're not hard to do. They just take, they just take time. I need more than 24 hours in a day is what I need. Um, but unlike other places out there on the web that you can buy and just, you know, download stuff, you're going to get one-on-one service unlike any other. Come over and join us at teachhoops.com. Become a better basketball coach. Work on your craft. Let me help you do that. Also, work on. let's help your players work on their craft by buying a Dr. Dish. Do that. Mention Coach Unplugged. They'll give you $350 off. Seems like a pretty good deal to me. All right, let's head off to the podcast. Do you have a t- games today? Uh, yeah, we got, and we have two more uh, today. And then uh, that was pool play. And then we have uh, the tournament starts tomorrow. That's crazy. Yeah, they're, they're actually doing, I mean, for what it's worth, they're doing a really, really good job. Better than any of the other tournaments we've been to. Good. They're very strict. It's, I mean, Jack and I think it's hilarious that they're making our players on the bench wear masks because then they go in and breathe and touch each other. Right, and they're and they're um like exercise is like one of the worst things because you're exhaling. You know, you're like yeah, like yeah. I'd be more worried about you than them. So coaches have to wear their mask on the bench. The players have to wear their masks on the bench, and then they can take them off when they go in. What about the officials? Uh, the officials wear their masks until they start officiating. And then- I'm surprised they don't make the officials wear them. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, it is. This tournament's interesting, too, because they have uh, a bunch of – like college evaluators evaluating the referees so like we we played a game yesterday there was 44 fouls called um, uh, in a uh, summer game that's a yeah. lot and uh we i mean we're we're actually really good we're not very good offensively uh jack's team our 11th grade team but defensively we're really good so it was kind of it was kind of a tough game i mean we we ended up winning but um the team we played wasn't very good and the game just was so slow because there was fouls called every five seconds. Jack thinks it's because he talked to one of the guys evaluating and these guys are like trying to make sure they can control a game and make calls and 
it was bad. Like we oh, they're just- they're trying to they're trying to get gigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're trying. It was bad. It was real bad. And I used to be an official, so I mean, it, it takes a while for me to say something's bad. I mean, I, I normally give them the benefit of the doubt. So they were they were bad. So. It's it's interesting where people are playing and where people aren't playing in the country right now. It's that's intriguing to me because colleges can't go out like anywhere. They're in lockdown. Yeah, the JUCOs can. So. Oh, the JUCOs can. Yeah, they we uh we had a couple um couple JUCOs at our last tournament in Daytona. A couple kids got recruited actually. So well, I guess that makes well, last chance you starts in a couple weeks, so it makes kind of sense, I guess. Yeah. At some point during this, I was I was hoping I could talk to you a little off the uh off the record. Yes. Yes, let's do that. We'll do that at the we can do that at the end here. Let's um all right, what are the questions? Um so I wanted to start with talking about um just something pretty basic like the um do you have what you would call or know of kind of like a universal press break that you think works um, in almost every situation. I'm kind of intrigued by um, looking at the, like a one, four, like a one. Yes. So um, go to teachhoops.com and go to press breaks and do um, so a universal one that would work against anything would probably be sideline. I mean, I could draw it up for you too at some point if you need it. I have it. Um, That badger and sideline are probably the best ones. Sideline, if sideline will work against any man, like you'll never have a problem getting the ball in ever. So that's the first thing. Um, I think a one four is good. I think the key is the cutting. Um, so you got to get them moving in the right directions. So hold on, let me show you <laughs> with that one four because I've done the one four again. Bigger one of these pads for because we're going full online, so I can draw better. So you're talking just your normal one four press break, like one yeah. here, one here. I like this, but I like I I I teach my I teach my guys more. I'm gonna have five throw it in. Um, I teach cutting because the key to the the key to the key to a good press break is them not first of all not dribbling it against zone or man, especially if you're having problems with it. And and cut and always having three angles and always making sure you cut. What we do is if the ball goes like I don't even know, maybe you'd have these two kind of screen for each other or do whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, and then I have these guys V cut, you know, somehow get open. But let's say one somehow gets the ball and the ball goes to one. So now one has the ball. I teach them to cut and fill. So basically I'll have two cuts straight across the front and then I'll have three follow and kind of sit in the middle so what I'm trying to do is I'm always teaching them if you catch the ball here we want people cutting in front because that what they don't want to get beat deep so if you teach them you teach them the diagonal cuts and then I'll even have four come back and cut again and then two circle around if this person holds it and as long as they've got three passing lanes they have one here they have one here and they have one here if they have one of those threes will be open at normal but sideline basically what sideline does i'll show you what sideline does sideline basically get you know you put your point guard back here and it gets everybody kind of on one side of the court it gets everybody on the other side of the helpline it gets everybody over here with some cutting and stuff and then this basically if this is your point guard and he has he's the only one on this side of the court he's there again they're not going to get beat deep so all they got to do is take one step that way and come and catch it and then this guy comes back in and he can get the ball. So I put my like two man there, my other good ball handler. Um, but yeah, there you go. I have actually a press break older. I probably got to redo it because it's not like high def anymore. But 
um, goes through most of the press breaks that I think you would need. And then if you have any, I always tell coaches, if you have any good out of bounds plays, use that as your press break. Cause you'll get the ball in and then it's just about cutting and angles and then teaching them not to over dribble. I spoke with, uh, funny you mentioned out of bounds plays. I spoke with, and I don't know what your, I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are on this. I spoke with, you know, Alicia Kamaki who coaches at Sierra Canyon in California. She's like, she's been there for like seven years and she's won like five state titles. She's, it's like, it's like 40,000 a year to go there. The tuition is, and she only normally has at when she first started she had like six or seven players on her team but she did like a um like a zoom and how did you get how'd you get a hold of her well she did like a um they did like a coach's um i think his name is kevin Furtado. He's from Georgia, and he he put together like a he did a coach. I know Kevin. Kevin's a great guy. Yeah. Yes, I I listened to the podcast, and then she ended up doing. I don't know who hosted it, but they hosted like uh, they were hosting like these coaches hang times, and uh, she she went on there, and then she gave out her contact info. So I reached out to her, and we connected, and uh, we talked for a while. But she talked about um, she believes like all of her out of bounds plays come out of the same uh, set. That way, you know when you're being scouted. Um, hey, um, send me that because I'm looking for a f- more female representation on my podcast. Um, so send me her contact stuff. I'd yeah, love to have her on. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. You should okay. see how organized she is. I mean, like you're for you, you're going to be like, well, that's what that's what we expect, you know, as as leaders of a, a high school program. That's what right. we expect. Right. But like she's, you know, everybody's talking to her about needing to get in the college game, and she's really happy where she's at. But she she's amazing when she showed her stuff and like how organized she is i was like oh my goodness she has like a whole set like all of her um all of her drills that she's ever ran she has it in a database and then she has um she has links because they they videotape the practices she has links to every single drill that they do that way the kids or whoever the coaching staff can go in and click on the link so they can see what the drill is and then the same thing with her plays like all of her offenses and defenses they have it all like recorded to where they can go in and look at it on video if they wanted to Oh, that's she awesome. Like, she like quizzes her kids and stuff like that to make sure they know their stuff. She does a really good job, but she plays like it. They're like ranked in the, in the country most years. Like she plays like modern day and like some of those schools like that out there in California that are, she's awesome. But yeah, I'll get you her. Uh, yeah. Content. Give me her. I'll put it on my list here. This next one's pretty, uh, pretty important. I've been thinking about like what like defensive principles I'm going to teach because I feel like, and, and we'll talk more about this later, but I feel like I really want to go out and get more players to join the program um and a lot of those players that i'm going to get hopefully are going to be not necessarily basketball players but they're going to be athletes right they're going to be people that play yeah i feel like my priority is going to be teaching defensive concepts because as you know it's not easy to teach a kid over a couple nights uh how to how to play offense you know how to how to get the skills no, you can teach them d you can you definitely can teach them d yeah so i've been thinking about going um and playing pack line uh I don't know. I've just been really intrigued by it. And I think with what my concepts is on what my concepts are on defense is I, I think we talked about this last time. I'm teaching my girls that I want one contested two point shot every possession. Right. So, yeah. We talked about that last time. I think that's perfect. Yeah. And that's what I want. And so I've been teaching them like how much like I'm just teaching them the comparisons between the shots. Like if we if we contest a long two, like, you know, step inside the three point line, we get a good contest on that. That's hands down better than us contesting a layup oh that's like you're gonna win every game if kids take yeah. one that's the worst shot in basketball is one step yeah. in front of the three contested so they I think. like they don't really understand like why i'm teaching that and uh, right. and then so i'm teaching them the same thing uh vice versa on offense like if you're one step inside the two-point line not gonna get angry if we're so right so open. what i think you do is you need to show them that like 
you know, maybe do you should have them all do like lab drills, even contested lab drills, and then keep a percentage, and then have them do inside the three point line contested shots and keep it, and then you're going to see which one's a higher percentage. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, um, do some st- math guys over here. Do some stats. Yeah, I mean, I think you got to show them. Like, you yeah. also have to do the math behind it. Like. This is three points. This is two points. And this is two points. Um, you know, this this causes us to get in foul trouble. This causes you not to play. This causes you because when they're cont- when they're going for a layup and it's contested, um, yeah, there's more bad things that can happen. I, I mean, I don't how many fouls have you seen on a contested long two? Not yeah. that many. Right. Exactly. So yeah, so um I kind of introduced that at our last open gym. I was able to get um, eight of them there, which is very rare for, for us. That's really good. Okay. To get them there. So we, I really introduced the first, probably more team concept before we were doing, doing individual skill development and just simple drills like that. But now I actually introduced, um, kind of the defensive principles with the pack line. You know, I talked to them about ball pressure. I talked to them about the importance of being in the gaps and how to recover and how to help and stuff like that. So, I um, mean, I'm still learning, I guess the rules per se, like right. on the pack line, but I mean, I have a pretty good grasp on it. I, yeah, I mean it's not that bad. It's not that bad. And you got to figure out if you're gonna pu- are you gonna push si- you're gonna push sideline, right? Well, they said um, so. I've I've watched, and there's probably a couple different places where you can look at them. But they said they they like to push um, anywhere where that like to your gaps, like to the middle middle to gaps. The middle. Yeah, I mean it just depends. I know people. I know Texas Tech does more side base. I mean, yeah, it just depends. That's fine as long as you're yeah. consistent on it. I mean, I don't know. Uh, that's just the first. I don't even remember what, what video I watched is. I think I just typed in pack line and I wanted to watch it. And they talked about forcing to the middle. It goes against what? Hey everybody, hope you're enjoying the podcast. Um, I'm going to do a big shout out to our two other podcasts, High School Hoops and Teacher Sidekick. Um, I do talk about them often, but I don't give them a spotlight. They are great. High School Hoops Talks Weekly, we talk about kind of what you're going through. Like we've been doing a lot of um, COVID right now because that's where we are and and what happened with that, how we're reacting to it. And teacher side gig is teachers kind of looking at themselves and how they can make a little extra money on the side. And uh, yeah, it's just me giving back to a little bit to, to all the teachers out there that I know have to do that. So um, also subscribe and like this podcast and go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. All right, let's head back to the podcast. What we teach like here at, at TNBA and AAU, we teach force sideline baseline. So right every time chance to force baseline we do it i mean it's just i mean and you can and you can do lock left i mean there's so many variations it just yeah. whatever you feel comfortable with is what you should do to be honest with you because right. you'll get good at it then you could make the rule like you know hopefully if we become smart enough where we can understand what's going on we can always force we can i mean we could do right that. we've tried to do that we've tried <laughs> to do that like oh my god it's like this That's person why are you pushing them right they're right-handed what are you doing it's like oh it's so frustrating i know and especially with girls like uh they're, they're even more and this isn't a stereotype but they're even more like underdeveloped as basketball players most of the time so you have a lot of you have a lot of really athletic players but a lot of times they are there's not a, a whole group of girls that can dribble with both hands so Right. Um, you might only find one girl on the team that can dribble with both hands really well. So that might work. That, that, might, that might work. And I can help you with that too. As you start building up your rules and stuff, um, I can help you with that too. Um, and so with that, I also talk, I also was thinking about doing like a, and we'll obviously do more, but I want to get good at doing a couple Something. things, like a ton of things. <laughs> I think in the long term, it'd be great to have a program where they can do multiple, like just a ton of things. But 
I just want to be really good at one or two things. So I've been, I think that, I think that, I mean, (laughs) I'll just tell you right now. So what I'm doing for teach hoops is I'm working on a roadmap right now for coaches kind of like, here's where you should start. And from someone that's done it. And it's funny that you said that because I was working on it last night and that's like, it's like, you got to pick an offense, pick a defense, work on your specials and get good at those first before you start adding 75 different things, you know, here's my core. Like, yeah, and, yeah. and I think you're right. I mean, I think problem is people, oh, that looks good. It's like the flashy, like, it's like the dog and up, you know, squirrel, 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 you know, you got to just, and I think you're, that's good. If you get pack line down, you can run any. So, um, so w- with that, I've been thinking about doing like a one, two, two press. Um, I don't know what your back favorite. demand. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. That's well, good. I'm thinking like, you know, running jumps drop, hard. Yeah. When they drop into that one, two, two, it's kind of more, and we're going to be the type of team where we were talking a little bit about, I taught them how to, I taught them all the different ways that we could bend ball screens. What I told them was we might have a different way to defend that every quarter or every half or every game. We might have a different way, but you need to understand this. These are the different types of defenses we can do on ball screens. But what I've been telling them, what we might end up doing is switching because we're so interchangeable everywhere um that we might just switch i think i I personally think it's easier to teach them to switch everything and just ground that ground that ground that and then you improvise for team yeah um rather than go the other way um rather than you know we're gonna head here we're gonna i we're gonna do all these things on screens and then switch is harder i think it's easier to just so i've started to do that i've started to teach them and it and it makes this it makes them talk Cause you can't, you know, the specifics of like, you know, the hedging or the switching or the going under or the going over. And so they know, so they're, they're knowledgeable in that, in that area. Yep. So I, what I do with this is I talk about the three T's talk, touch, take. It's kind of like dodgeball. I remember duck, dodge, whatever it was from dodgeball is a funny one. Um, but you talk, you touch, you take. So you can be, should be close enough that you can touch each other. You're talking through the switch and then you take it. And it's like, they remember it. They'll remember if I if I just keep talking about that talk, touch, take on switches. It's just easier for them to remember. Yeah. yeah. So I remember last week I, or last time we talked, I talked a little bit. I don't know if I think I talked a little bit about uh, how I sometimes like to blitz them, which basically is just double. Um, I don't but know. Then you got to work on your rotation, exactly. and then you're going to do opposite of what I just said on the press break. Is you want to take the three passing lanes away? Then I've I've thought about that. I haven't. We do that at the with our with Jack's team, our our oldest team. We do that in AAU sometimes and. It seems to be effective, but a lot it's of it's easier in a. I'm going to tell you right now, it's easier in AAU to blitz than it is yeah. just because people don't practice as much. They're not as yeah. prepared. Well, yeah. And when you play against teams that are just so athletic and fast, it's it's hard sometimes because a lot of times they just we're not fast enough to keep up with them, so they just dribble around us. Right. <laughs> so yeah. that's it's it's a risk for sure. But yeah. So I've been thinking about the one two two press, and so I think I'm going to go with that as kind of like I guess quote unquote our state. And what I, and what I would say is then come up with rules when you're out of it. Like when are you going to decide that you're out of the press? Like is the ball over half court? Does the ball get to the middle? Does the ball like decide when they're going to have to match? Especially if you're going to go from zone to man, decide when you want to make that conversion in your head. Oh, so. <laughs> What I think is a huge thing, and I think uh, knowing your mind, I think you will absolutely agree with this and appreciate it. Lack of knowledge on spacing and <laughs> and just spacing in general. I guess that's like a general term, but spacing in the in the game today is so bad. Um, Horrible. And I'm trying to. I teach told you, you my invention, right? I told you my invention last time, right? Did I tell oh. you the one the one where. So I'm trademarking this if anybody does it. You should have reversibles. You should have something like you know when you play laser tag and you shoot and it lights up. You should have the same thing for like a reversible that when they get too close to each other spacing wise or it flashes 
because every sport, like if you watch little kids play soccer, they always get like little bunches. So it should blink or do something. Ideally, in an ideal world, it would shock them like the dog shot, dog collar. And then they were like, whoa, I'm too close. And then yeah. you could change, you could change on the um, reversible closer how far they could be. So it would flash if it's two feet or flash if it's three feet. Anyway, that, that's my thought. If I had more time, I'd do that. I agree spacing I've, that, that's how far i've gotten on spacing that i'm coming up with yeah shock therapy yeah shock therapy something well ideal world you mean like 30 years ago that probably would have been okay right yeah would have worked yeah, yeah no but it's something like that it's like i agree spacing is film is good with that yeah so i was kind of wondering what you thought was the best way to teach that yep that film um and then i'll stop them i'll say you know we'll play we'll play freeze and i whenever i yell freeze or blow the whistle i don't use whistles very much but when i blow a whistle I make them freeze and then I'll, you know, so I, I think you're, I think that, I think the twist on this is you got to do, you got to use the COVID. Like you should never be closer than six feet. Like, yeah. come on, we're playing COVID basketball here kind of thing. I'm not <laughs> sure what, I'm not sure what it's going to be, but yeah. something with social distancing and you have to be farther apart on the basketball court. You're yeah, right. So our AAU team that I'm coaching now, the, the 10th graders, they're athletically and skill wise, they're just a little behind. Um, okay. And we have a lot of, what I would consider average players. And so we struggle, like we're playing, we're playing in the same tournament our 11th grade's playing in. And so right. and they're like, they're one of our elite teams. So they, you know, if we scrimmage them, like we had to play them in this tournament, which we might, which is a scary thought. Right. They would probably beat us by maybe 40. So, um, <laughs> and they're probably the, maybe the second best team in this tournament. We play the first best team tonight. So it's going to be real fun. Um, so we, so I'm still, I'm working on my patience and I'm working on trying to teach them because it's not that they don't want to show effort. It's not that they don't try because they're trying really hard, but they just haven't put in the time to film, haven't developed as players together and they just don't, their decision-making is terrible. So I was teaching them yesterday. We played a game and we, we actually, there was a team that was worse than us, which was great. Um, we actually That's always good. It's trust me, I've been there. Like when I've like, yeah, I've been there. Well, we played our first game. We played against a team that was very fast and athletic and pressed the whole game, and we just turned the ball. We threw it all over the gym, and they were not good. They were bad. They missed so many shots. They would get offensive rebounds, then they would turn it over, then we'd come down, couldn't get it past half court. So we ended up losing by like 20, 20 or twenty five, and this team was probably 20 points worse than us in my opinion and jack said the same thing so we're going to probably have another shot to play them but then so their confidence was down after that game then we played a team that was probably 20 points worse than us and won by 20 so um that was good but what i was teaching them was we did we went i called a timeout with like i don't know 40 seconds left in the half and we were struggling with our spacing so i just drew up like i put one person in each corner you you played you played dean smith four four corners yeah, and then I put yeah. our uh, one of our post players like right at the, right between the free throw line and the three point line, and I said, guys, this is mathematically this is probably the furthest we can get away from each other in the half court. Right. And I like made sure they understood. Like, look how far I put these X's away from each other. Like, we are literally in, in bounds. We're as far away as possible. As we yeah. What I would do is I said, just bring the ball to one of the corners, and I know it doesn't make sense because we don't want to bring the ball to the corner, but bring the ball to the corner, and they're going to be all stretched out. And right. then have our post come up and set a ball screen. And they literally did it perfectly. She came up, set an inside ball screen. She drove all the way down. Somebody had to come down and help, and they fouled her. And I was like, I, I just got so excited. It's like the small right. thing. You guys executed. 
you guys now are learning something because you learn what spacing and you got rewarded. So I love those. And did they, did they, did they seem to, to get it when you did that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, th I think it made sense because they oftentimes when they're, when their minds going too fast and they're getting overwhelmed, they'll always just say, Hey, can we do this? Can we, can we do that? That thing that we did? <laughs> you so know I, I mean? think you should call it spread or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Like you should put that in like your next yeah. time you get them together and say, this yeah. is what we're going to, we're just going to, because if you, it's kind of like dribbling when you tell them to dribble below their ankles, they literally dribble below their knees. So if yeah. you space them out really far, they're going to cheat, but they'll still be more space than you want them to be probably. So I think that's a good, something like that. You should play around with that a little bit. That's yeah, actually sure. a good idea. Well, we really, it was frustrating because like we run, I think I talked about this last time, but with the AAU team and we might end up running this over at UC, uh, the high school that I'm going to, but uh, we run like a Princeton, we run the Princeton, you know, like the dribble handoff on one side, the, oh, the I opposite do. two. I do. And then, uh, I'm working right now to get a whole course done. I've got this guy, I'm trying to get a whole course put into T-Troops on Princeton because the Princeton intrigues, it definitely intrigues me. So we, I installed that, um, we call it, just for them, we call it something different so they remember, but we installed that one where they dribble handoff and then they swing it and then it's all looking, all of that offense, that, at least that set is looked for back doors. And so like, we're all like, even on the dribble handoff, if they cheat it, go past them back door. Right. When you swing it, if they cheat it, go back door. Um, and then we have the two cutters that go basically around the post player in the middle okay. four on one end. Um, and so that works. Like we ran it against our 11th grade team a couple of weeks ago in practice and we scored off it. They were trying to cheat it and we went back door and we scored. Well, that's the, 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 the hard cut is that back door cut. Yeah. It's it, in, intuitively guy watched, watch today. If you go watch um, some of the AU games, you will not see that that that's not an intuitive cut for a lot of kids. It's that fake high and then go back door. We had to work. We have to work on that a lot. Um, yeah, and I imagine that we'll work on that a ton at UC because, like, one of my girls was being almost guarded out of bounds. Like, right. Well, and they're thinking, they're thinking we're better. You know, yeah. steal, 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 kind of thing, and. And I was like, I was like, Tiffany, you're being over, like, she's, you're almost out of bounds. Where are you going? Go, right. Go back door. Right. <laughs> Literally standing out of bounds with you. Like, go back door. She's so overplaying you. And and so it's part of them, like, kind of seeing it. And like you said, uh, we actually, Jack had a couple girls here yesterday working on film. So even, and that's something that the, a lot of the AU coaches don't do. And that's why I appreciate him is like, he, he lets them like, they text him and say, Hey, can we watch film? And he's like, yeah, come on over. And, and then he'll, he'll pull up the games and they'll watch film together. So, you know, that's, that's one thing that we like to do here, but, and we'll do a ton at UC. Um, a lot of high school programs down here don't do that, which is crazy to me, but. Right. Um, no, I agree. I mean, it's just, you gotta, you gotta, I mean, you gotta do what other people aren't doing. I think that's one of the kickers. Right. And film is probably one of those things they're not doing. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, those Absolutely. are all the, uh, there's all the questions that I pretty much had for. Okay. All right. Hold on. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like, jump up and down, like I say. Um, tell your friends. That would be a good thing. Yeah. Sell it. Share this on social media. And then also go over and check out teachweeps.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.